Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. So we're going to start talking today about a withdraw-withdraw relationship. And George and I have an example from our relationship. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Hey, check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. With your support, this really helps us keep delivering free content to you. So, gee, this morning you wanted to podcast earlier, so tell me about that. And you called me or you texted me and said, what time are we going to start? <laughs> but you didn't say what you wanted. Tell me why. Well, hey, listen, us withdrawers really like to start off and not offend people, not to be too pushy. We like to come across as respectful. So, but I, I sent you, you I a sent Saturday you. morning. You were sleeping nice and early, and <laughs> I was the only one in America who couldn't sleep and was up too early. But I sent you a text like the day before that said, anytime you want to do it, I just want to make you guys happy, like whatever works for your life. Did you get hey, that, that text? That one little text doesn't erase a lifetime of training, right? <laughs> and, and I think it's great as today our topic will be talking about withdrawal, withdrawal couples. Yes. And just starting off with that, you know, that intent that doesn't want to hurt other people's feelings, inconvenience mm -hmm. other people, that usually is what stops their engagement and stops their words. Mm -hmm. So and I guess if you're look, talking about me this morning, I assumed you probably could use a little... Saturday morning rest. There's no reason. We got the rest of our lives to work. It's supposed to be a day off. How are we starting even earlier than nine o'clock in the morning? What's wrong with the two of us? So, yeah, I'm probably more typically a pursuer, but I didn't know you well enough to say, I was like a wide awake. I was ready to go. And then, then when I asked, well, what time do you want to start? And you said nine. I'm like, oh, okay. So I have literally, I've been sitting from about eight, 10 to nine. Of course, then we had technical difficulties, but just waiting for nine o'clock. <laughs> we are learning. We are learning each other. Ten four. Ten four. So now we're going to talk about couples who are withdraw withdrawers that are married to each other, and of course, that gets really problematic. But like you said, they they are that way because they don't want to inconvenience each other or hurt each other or be too demanding. Yeah, it's, it's we're starting off with that good intent of trying to protect and trying to not hurt and it, it, it comes from such a good place. So you think that the withdrawer is saying to themselves, I would be asking too much or something or another and so they just don't represent what they really want? Is that, you got to help me because I, I'm normally not a withdrawer. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, we're talking about sex. If I bring up something I want and my partner's not in a mood, I'm going to hurt my partner's feelings. I'm going to bring up feelings in myself that I don't like around rejection. So if I just avoid the conflict, there, there's safety in avoidance, right? It gives me a place to, to feel in control and 
things calm down. If so often a withdrawer's fear is increasing emotions, well, not taking a risk is a safe way to stop bad things from happening. Mm-hmm. I was working with a couple who they were both in, in different ways, essentially withdrawer, withdrawer. And they also gave me permission to talk about them. I'm not going to use their names, of course, but he definitely wanted sex and she did too. She wanted him. I mean, she wasn't, she didn't feel as much drive for sex itself, but they had good experiences when they were together. And so he kept getting this message over time that said, you know, she's not sexually attracted to me. And he just turned all of his energy into work. He would text her during the days. He was traveling a lot. He would text her and she would be too busy to respond. Actually, she wasn't too busy to respond, it turns out. She was afraid that he would think she wasn't productive enough. And so she didn't want to say what she was really doing or feeling because she feared judgment too. So she just tried to be nice, but then would say things like, I'm tired, I need to go. And he kept getting this message over and over that she didn't want to talk to him. And then he would come home and he would come home late, often at midnight. And he would judge on whether or not he was going to be accepted home by whether the porch light was on. And and frequently she was an early to bed person. She'd go to bed about nine and forget and not leave the porch light on. And so that was his signal. You know, she's not awake. She doesn't care if I'm home. And so his feelings were hurt, and then he would go to the gym on Saturday morning for a few hours. And she was a morning sex person. And he he didn't like morning sex that much because he felt like he felt like he was unacceptable. You know, he wanted to get up, shave, shower, and then by that time he was wide awake. And for her, she liked that roll over in bed, lazy, have sex in the morning. So when he would get up and go to the gym, because she wasn't awake yet, she felt his absence and disappointment and it just went around and around. Right. That's okay. too common of a story that so many of the couples we see are falling into that feedback loop where the fear of having a conversation, which is just going to lead to a fight or lead to more hurt feelings mm-hmm. for both the person who's starting the conversation and the person at the other end. So that avoidance is a way of protecting from that. What we're trying to do is also to help people see the cost of that avoidance, mm-hmm. which is, it's, it can become pretty intense, right? These walls that they're putting up to keep out the bad starts to keep out the good. Right. The thing I see the most in withdrawal withdrawal couples is that they really become sexless because there's just, their feelings get hurt. She thought he didn't want to have sex with her in the morning. And he thought she didn't want to have sex with him at all. And so each of them wasn't, they never said that. They never said, hey, I'm a morning person. Or, you know, when the porch light isn't on, I feel so rejected. And I I think they did a little better than some. But one of the things that happens with withdrawal with other couples when they come in and see me, it seems like they often come in and they say, you know, we get along so great. You know, we don't have any conflict. And I'm like, okay, do you have any sex at all? <laughs> because I know that they're, in order to reveal ourselves sexually, we, we have to be ourselves. And if we're always trying to make the other person happy, we're not, we're not showing ourselves. We're not exposing ourselves literally or emotionally. 
Well, let me take out the highlight here. I, I, what you're saying that's so important is the partner, this is universal. We interpret the lack of engagement as the person not caring or not being interested. Mm-hmm. And so often that's not the truth when you get in that other person's body, right? It really is just about protection and not wanting to feel bad things, right? Yeah. But we need to empower couples to start seeing what feels like the right thing for them to do to avoid conflict is landing in their partner as a way of not being interested and not caring. So when you have two people with those moves of protecting themselves by mm-hmm. embracing the distance and putting up the walls, how could it not start to crush the levels of engagement in that couple's mm. climate, right? Yeah. So what we're trying to do is honor that, say, hey, we get what you're trying to do. Right. But can you also see that in hiding yourself, in trying to avoid the criticism of your partner, you're actually taking away the energy that's needed to create that robust relationship that we're all looking for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you talk about resentment that goes underground, right? Because they're not clearing the air regularly. They don't clear this stuff away. It just They just stay hurt. And- they have to have success to have the conversations. And the track record is the conversations lead to making things worse. So they get, they get stuck in in that spot of not wanting it to get worse, but losing that bridge to actually make it better. They don't want to make it worse by having a conflict. They don't want to feel bad. They don't want to feel rejected. They don't want to hurt their partner. So look at all those possible hurts (laughs) that could happen. And there's, I mean, there's so many things that have to be worked out in a long-term sexual relationship. You got to be able to talk about it. That's the goal. Uh, It's just a lot easier to connect with what people are willing to do. I mean, it's such a beautiful sacrifice to say, you know, I would like to have sex, but I don't want to lead to a fight. So I'm trying to hide this part of myself or repress it or keep it down, focus on my work, focus on the kids, focus on other things. And it's so sad. And what we're trying to get couples to start touching is listening to their own body. Mm -hmm. It will tell them that this avoidance, this, this putting up walls really starts to to kind of cause them to lose parts of who they are, right? We Mm -hmm. know that when you start to, if you can't communicate turning off these feelings, your body will then do it for you and you will start to deaden, Mm -hmm. right? The erotic feelings will start to really start to go away when you just don't have any avenue for it to come out. If you're turning it off and you're not letting out what you need, you have, you know, one choice certainly maybe would be to act out and we're going to talk about that later, but... I think the other choice is just to let it die. And I would say that women let it die more than men do because, you know, men are pushed by testosterone to still want sex. So maybe they masturbate or they look at porn. I'm not saying they would just act out, but but I think for women because their body doesn't push them as much, they just let it die. Yeah, I have lots of women who come in and I the bottom line after an assessment is that they actually have a really sexual, sexy part and they think that they've communicated that to their partner and their partner hasn't heard. Maybe they are a sexual withdrawer. So sexual withdrawers, I believe, have sexual desire often, but they're whispers. They tell you once and if you don't pick it up, they believe that you didn't care enough about them to want to know what makes them happy, what pleases them sexually. So then they, they just turn it off. And so a lot of these women who say, come in and say, I just don't have any libido, 
then they tell me the whole story. I'm like, gosh, you know, you've got plenty of libido. You've got ideas. You've got sexy thoughts. You just decided to let it all go because of these misunderstandings. And that's a good spot to take a break on how we get these withdrawers who are whispering to speak up a little louder. So Foreplay fam, I want to draw your attention again to UberLube with the coupon Foreplay. UberLube is the lubricant that I recommend to all my patients. I give samples when you come to see me. I use it myself. It's a long-lasting performance without that stickiness that comes with other lubes because it's silicone-based. It's scent-free. It's taste-free. It leaves your skin kind of silky and soft, which is great. It only has four ingredients. There's three types of high-grade silicone, and then there's a trace of vitamin E, which is really good for your skin. It doesn't impact your pH, your hormones. It doesn't cause allergic reactions. It's safe. It won't cause infections. It's recommended by thousands of doctors. I love it too, and it's made in the USA. Yay. It has discreet and classy packaging, which to me, it seriously looks like a perfume bottle that you can put on the side of your bed. So please try UberLube with the coupon foreplay. That helps support our podcast. Hey, listen, man. UberLube is a good thing. If it helps your partner, it helps you. Hey, I want to let you guys know all about George. He's written and contributed to several books, and I'd especially like to draw your attention to his book, Sacred Stress, a radically different approach to using life's challenges for positive change. His book is about a mission on how you adopt new strategies and turn stresses into a positive force in your life. And who among us doesn't live with a lot of stress these days? We'll keep you posted as to all he's doing. But George and other EFT therapists all around the country and the world hold couples retreats called Hold Me Tight, which is developed by Sue Johnson, and it helps secure your own relationship. If you'd like therapy with George, find him at georgefowler.com. We're back. So we're trying to figure out how do we get these withdrawers who, for good reasons, when they do speak, it comes out in a whisper, to start seeing the predictable results of what distance is going to do and putting up walls and suppressing their feelings. Mm -hmm. So we're big fans of communication. That's why we're doing this podcast. We're trying to get people (laughs) to recognize it's okay to have problems. It's okay to have difficulties. It's okay not to want to have sex, but as long as you can talk about that, there's, there's a doorway into fixing it, into engaging. Mm-hmm. What's death for a relationship is no conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? If, if you're not having sex, but you can't talk about that, then there really is no road towards recovery. Right. So what we're seeing is that opportunity to have conversations. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about a couple Similar to what you talked about, kids, work, too busy, not wanting to hurt each other's feelings, growing up in families that are polite and respectful, not knowing how to talk about difficult topics, really starts to lead to these massive levels. And most people think that relationships break up or we get divorced because we fall out of love. It's Mm -hmm. not actually accurate. What happens is the distance just gets too great. You know, our our needs just start to die and wither and we start to kind of the mistrust takes over in a relationship. And that's usually when someone else enters the picture. Mm -hmm. Right. So for a couple I was working with with massive distance, the husband winds up having an affair with somebody at work. Mm -hmm. And what most people don't recognize even about an affair is 
what it does to high levels of engagement. It's more than just the sex. I mean, both people feel broken and bad about what they're doing. But mm-hmm. in that brokenness, which is forced vulnerability, they actually find acceptance in a place they've never had before. So if this guy hates himself and can't believe he's doing it, but actually can talk about that for the first time, and it's in the arms of the person he's with, that he starts to feel this acceptance and vulnerability that he's never experienced before. Mm-hmm. You know, when I read your note, I think that is so true. And it's it's both kind of scary to recognize that because it is saying the affair is such an intense feeling. And I agree totally with you that it's more than sex. But I think that they, what you nailed here is the sense that they share something, both of them. It's this powerful connection of I'm a broken person. I have all this need. You have all this need. We're we're doing this bad thing together. And it's like, man, that's just so powerful. And it does meet the wish for an intense connection for a little bit. I don't think it's true connection, but it does meet that for them for a period of time. It's about in that moment, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And it, it, it's an illusion because that partner that you're having an affair with is getting these super high levels of engagement, maybe only 10% of your time, but they're getting 90% of your engagement, mm-hmm. right? Where your partner at home is getting 90% of the time, but really low levels, 10% levels of engagement. There's right. a reason why it does, that doesn't work so Ten, well. 10% of their time and they are like all there. All there. And this guy is only loved when he gets it right. And here he is feeling he's being loved and accepted mm-hmm. even when he's doing something horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? That just does feel good. It feels safe. So this man starts to kind of feel things he never felt before. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking for his wife. You know, when they're trying to reconcile and he shares this truth that he actually found something else with another woman that was more than sex was this deep, vulnerable intimacy that he never gave her a chance to experience. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Which is horrible. But the good news here is what he experienced with the affair partner, that's kind of easy because they're in it together. Mm-hmm. You know, what the wife had to learn to do is to learn to accept his brokenness, even though the brokenness is what hurt her. That's real love right there. Man, yeah. I agree, but it's a tall order. It's a tall order. That you means know. lots of safety to get there. We're not coming right out of the gate trying to get the wife who's been hurt to respond to the husband. And, but at some point, we got to have a plan for that. And let's think about this. The guy is the withdrawer and... She was a withdrawer too. She's a they withdrawer. They were both too. withdrawers, yep. yeah. So she wants this intensity but doesn't know how to ask for it, wants engagement, maybe isn't complaining. I, I mean, withdrawing people are so nice. You know, they're, they're the nicest clients. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she's longing and she doesn't express that. And he's longing, he doesn't express that. And so then he has it with this other woman and it's, it's everything she ever wanted. Right. And now we're going to ask her to forgive him and see his brokenness so that they can experience deep connection. The missing ingredients with two withdrawers is that high levels of engagement around their Mm -hmm. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes it takes a, an, the adversity or something bad to kind of get people heading in that direction. Yeah, I agree guy, with you, George. I do. I I hate affairs for people, but I do see people turn around sometimes. It's like it wakes them up to 
that they needed each other, that they could have something so much more. It's not an easy thing to talk about because we're not endorsing an affair as some solution, but gosh, I do see it sometimes. And it's just like anything that happens in life. It's, it's really the choice of the couple and how they deal with it. Do they learn to face it together and head towards each other and strengthen their bond? Or does it become something that divides them and pushes them further apart? Mm-hmm. You know, the wife in this this uh, situation had every right to feel betrayed. And, and this guy had no track record of being able to deliver for her. And if she felt that was too much for her heart to take and she needed to go in a different direction, that certainly was her right. Mm-hmm. But in this case, and, and, and the husband really did a lot of work to try to understand what led him in that direction and tried to be there for his wife's pain and to change a negative cycle, both people have to do their part, mm-hmm. right? But what we're highlighting here is is just how withdrawers need to find success in these places they normally hide. Both of them didn't have anybody show up for them in their fearful, broken places, mm-hmm. right? And to survive, then they hide those places. And what both don't recognize in that hiding and in that protection is they're leaving out the very thing needed to make a relationship vibrant and healthy. Mm-hmm. So if that's the impetus to get them heading in that direction, you know, okay, we'll work with that. I'd much rather, like you said, have couples hear this podcast and say, you know what? We really don't do that with each other. We don't have those conversations, but we want to learn how to have those conversations. If you could just identify that and just accept that, then you're already on the road towards doing it so differently. Absolutely. And the couple that I was talking about, Neither one of them acted out of the relationship, but they turned it around. They took a few steps and started to dare to tell each other some really deep things. It was, I think our work, you know, we get to witness such beautiful things when people open up and share their vulnerability with each other. It's like, we're just, it's amazing. And I saw this couple do that. So it it can happen without a crisis. Absolutely. And that's probably the easier way of doing it. But the target is still the same. We got to get these withdrawers to pace themselves because it's so easy for either one of them to feel overwhelmed and to go back to the safe place. And then when one partner starts to retreat, the other one who took the risk can feel rejected. And that's mm-hmm. what makes changing a withdrawal, withdrawal cycle hard. But I think the more we can normalize the process and kind of what it takes. And even when you miss each other, when you try to put yourself out there and your partner doesn't know how to respond – that's a great opportunity to start to see what both people feel in that moment. The person who's kind of being rejected or the other person who's feeling they're getting it wrong and they freeze up. These are all doorways into understanding each other in a deeper way. Yeah. What would we tell the withdrawer who's listening today? What's their first step? What's their first move that we want them to try? The first, the first message I'd want to say is you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing what has, has worked well for you and what has, has you're trying to do the right thing. I want to honor the intent in the protection. Mm-hmm. My second part would be just trying to get you to explore some of the, the costs of putting up those walls, mm-hmm. right? That in these moments, the moment we're looking for in both of those withdrawers, right that moment, right, right when they retreat. Mm-hmm. Right? Why are they going away? Because something emotionally is happening to them. There's a fear. There's a concern. There's a hurt. And what's so sad is nobody actually ever sees it, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's the encouraging part of us saying, you deserve to be seen in those moments. I love that when you say that. You know, I think this is so powerful that the withdrawer needs to be comforted 
the person going away, nobody sees how upset they are, and they need to be comforted too. So are we asking them to see that their partner may be withdrawn because they're afraid of conflict? Instead of seeing the partner as not caring, to start to see the partner as being exactly like you. Mm-hmm. Just not knowing how to do this, being alone in their own fears and insecurities, and really needing somebody to fight for them in a very different way. Right? When both people recognize they're in that together and they reach out and just grab each other's hands, they're already doing the very thing they're supposedly not able to do. I often think that people are in mirrored places. They have come to the same conclusion about the other as, as their partner has. And so I guess what we're saying is, if you long for more as a withdrawn partner, your partner, maybe they don't look like it, but they're longing for you too. So What a beautiful way of ending. George, if you text me at 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to believe that you just want a podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're listening to... Or play radio, baby. Keep it hot. So, George, we're going to offer an intensive on May 14th in Raleigh to two couples. We have two two-hour slots, and we would love to get a couple to come in who has sexual problems, and you'll be able to work with George and I. Right, George? That's right. What a great opportunity to just open up some space to hang out and see if we can make some progress in these areas we're stuck in. You can just reach us on 4Play Radio by email and let us know if you're interested. There is a cost for both George and I, and we are videotaping this for our trainings that only are shown to students. We look Um, forward to seeing you there. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon 4Play. Buying this product is a really good way to support us, and it helps us keep delivering free content to you. And 4Play family, I want you to know we had our highest download day ever, thanks to you. Our downloads are just increasing by leaps and bounds. We are so grateful for your sharing. Thank you again. Definitely subscribe. That helps our rankings in iTunes, which is important for us. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.